This is a bizarre podcast. Dogs must die. Mikiyama Grant, and you can call him Chip. Let's uh, go. I never thought it would come to this. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are, indeed. And before we get into it, uh, uh, I know that this show doesn't often have content warnings for what we're going to discuss, Mm -hmm. because it's generally understood it's going to be a lot of over-the-top violence and buckets of blood, but this is a special week where I think we really ought to stay at the top. Uh, This week's episodes have a rape scene and an on-screen depiction of a suicide. So uh, uh, please go forward with that knowledge in mind. Make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that, oh boy. Yeah. uh. So, (laughs) okay, we're starting off with episode 17, Babyface. Or is it, is this localized baby head? <laughs> Which is just a wonderful bit of nonsense, actually. Yep, baby head. I almost like it more than baby face. While we're talking about it, we might as well say that this is named for the, the musician Babyface, who who had a, a very successful R and B career uh in his own right, but is much more successful, like commercially and awards wise, as a songwriter and producer. Mm-hmm. Like he won pro- the producer of the year Grammy like three years in a row. Oh wow. The, the dude wrote Mariah Carey's biggest hit ever. Like, oh, come on shit. Now. Okay. Come on. He produced I'll Make Love to You. Come on. Oh, man. So we're starting off right where we left off with mm-hmm. uh, the the assassin team member, the purple hair, the purple visor, collecting uh, Bucciarati's blood off the ground where moments ago he was fighting uh, Pesci. Mm-hmm. Wearing his most of a jumpsuit? Yeah, it's... It looks like on the side, like it's got a really deep neck, mm-hmm. and then on the sides, it looks like a something took a big bite out of two chunks. <laughs> like if something just, like a, a animal with a square-shaped jaw just took a bite two times. Mm-hmm. So this guy is Malone. Yeah, he's got a he's got Bucciarati's blood now in a vial. Clearly something to do with his stand, and... Uh, Boy, we just get into it with this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Malone's English voice played V in Devil May Cry 5, and he was a uh, production assistant on Pen15 and Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, while his Japanese voice was Ryuji in Toradora. So, very different character. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like awake and also a normal age again on the train. At least those yeah, that this- didn't die. This I don't get. All these passengers who just survived a near-death experience who are all just really pissy at service workers now, like, come on, ha- have a moment of reflection. <laughs> there is a reason the train has stopped, and it's because you all almost died. You remember that? You were there. Yep. <laughs> a bunch of angry people are harassing the, the remaining train workers, and as they're making a whole bunch of noise, there's a woman in her booth, a really mm-hmm, fancy mm-hmm. one, very padded cushy looking seats in there with a glass of wine and she's more upset than everybody specifically at this crying baby that was orphaned you know in the mass death (laughs) attack that you all just survived yeah yeah how dare that baby cry over its dead mother one you know she she's looking out the window as she's complaining about this and when she looks back uh maloney is just in in the the train car with her this lady should just be glad that Yoshikage Kira is dead. 
because th- this is his perfect victim. Oh, yeah. Is a pretty lady who is very, very poorly behaved. Mm-hmm. Malone just immediately starts like rummaging through her purse in front of her, pulling out her her ID to find her name and her, her birthday and all this stuff. And she just slaps him clean across the face. And he likes it. That's the, <laughs> the slap's good. The slap's good for him. And not just for like, oh, man, I like when a lady slaps me. It's like good for... Good for his plans. Good for, good his, for plan. his intentions. So, see, so yeah, he's very impressed that this lady is 24 years old, is capable of slapping, and he wriggles out his his rainbow-colored tongue in, in a, yes. a color shift moment to, to be very pleased that her pinky tastes like she has a, a type O blood. And this is not his stand power, by the way. <laughs> he just goes, mm, yep, tastes like type O. So... I, th- this is all so good because it's the complete opposite of Bruno Bucciarati, the guy he's looking for. So so at this moment, I'm just guessing, like, is it an opposites attract thing? Just finding the most incompatible opposite person to Bruno mm-hmm. to, to sort of seek him out. Uh? <laughs> uh? So, okay, this dude's got a big chunky ass laptop out. Yes, he does. With a face on it. With a face on it. And the laptop appears to have no hinge, so it's just open. You can't close this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this thing. It's like a tablet PC, but like the stone tablets from Mount Sinai size. <laughs> yeah. And all the this stuff he's finding out about this lady, he's rapidly typing into the laptop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, ooh, she's an O-type Pisces, and Boutrati's like an A-type Aries or whatever. And it's like, oh, man, she smokes and drinks, too. Ooh, shit, do you do drugs? That'll be even better. So she's freaking out, which makes him even happier, I guess. And Mm -hmm. so he flips around the laptop saying, hey, have you heard of the Kama Sutra? Pick your favorite of these nine kissing positions. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like the least Kama Sutra-looking diagrams I've ever seen. It's just like mannequin (laughs) heads with pursed lips just smooching. (laughs) I like I like that the Spider-Man kiss is involved. There there is like rotate your partner's head 180 degrees vertically is an option. Yeah. So as he's showing her the diagrams, like uh, le- legs and arms sprout out of the the bottom of this laptop, and now you know it's got the little head on the bottom of it, the little face, and it starts crawling at her. And as she tries to escape through the window, like one of its hands reaches out and like hits the window and cracks it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the stand starts talking yeah, through the the computer monitor. Just It just types out its dialogue. That dialogue is specifically fertilization complete, three minutes until birth. Yeah. So this is the rape stand. It's a rape stand. This is the forced pregnancy rape stand. And yeah. like, it's... It's a, a horror classic. Go go back to Alien, obviously. But mm-hmm. I that doesn't mean it belongs here. Just because you've got pedigree doesn't mean you should be mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. It's a bad stand. <laughs> it's a bad stand. When we get into the mechanics of the stand, too, it's not even just because it's a rape stand. That's the worst part, obviously. But also, it's just a confusing stand. It's got a lot of shit going on. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so that brings us to the OP, and we cut back to the action with our heroes, where Coco Jumbo is hitching a ride with a trucker. <laughs> I'm not sure if the deal was cash, grass, or ass. I don't know. Maybe I'll find out later. Well, the, the, the chair that, that Coco Jumbo is underneath, it was like a big burger on the top of the chair, and maybe they just gave him a burger. <laughs> it's a simple man. Inside, inside Mr. President, uh, uh... <laughs> Am I on a watch list for saying that? Wait a minute. Uh, so, so inside Mr. President, Giorno is also looking at Trish and thinking about her her uh, uh, terrible emotional burden about you know the stand awakening and her relationship with her her, her newly found father. So I'm sure he's about to fall into the jubbly jiggle sacks as well. <laughs> But but no, they are interrupted because Sex Pistols 2 and 3 popped out of the turtle, grabbed that burger, and br- and brought it back, and they won't share with number five, who is tattling to Mista about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're growing little guys. They gotta eat. I hope they don't grow too much. They gotta fit in revolver chambers. <laughs> I really do like the animation, of, though, of the two of them eating the burger, because they just they're just rapidly going at it like... I don't know, it's like they're little lawnmowers or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But now that the burger's gone, the, the truck driver goes like, hey, what the fuck, where'd my burger go? And then he notices the turtle and hey, picks it up. this looks like one of the magic money turtles. Wait a minute. <laughs> and as he's like looking at the turtle and looking in the gem, and he's like, what, what is this key, huh? Misa just reaches up towards the ceiling and his... His fist shoots out of the, the key and just punches the dude in the face and knocks him out. Or no, it doesn't knock him out because then they would just crash. I don't know. He punched they him really They do hard. just crash. Oh, they though. do just crash. That's right. <laughs> Thank God the turtle survived. So, so yeah, the, the truck goes careening into like the, the guardrail on the side of the highway. Uh, it, it's wrecked. They can't go anywhere. And everybody's like, what the fuck was that? Why do we crash? What's going on? And Mista practically just whistles and walks away. He, mm-hmm. he plays dumb. His, his impish little guys are making trouble for everybody. <laughs> so, so back on the train, the computer, the computer, the computer, the computer, the computer, the computer, the computer. La computadora, a uh, uh, flash's birth complete. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're thinking, it just calm down. It's all allegory. What? What? You're reading too much into this. The first thing this lady does when she wakes up is she touches herself to see if Malone came inside her. Yep. Yeah. That's what the fuck. What the fuck is this? Yeah. What the fuck is this? She's uh, obviously very angry and upset. She reaches for the phone, calls for. You know, someone to come to the the train cabin to because she the wants the last living representative of the rail line. I yeah, think. yeah, because she wants to report. She's in a righteous, murderous fury. Yeah, she wants to report. Hey, there's a fucking weird motherfucker on the train who I think maybe just tried to rape me. I don't know. Um, and she, no, no one in the history of phone calls has ever made one while in this position. No. She, she is like crouching like a cat doing a big stretch in the sunny spot. I don't know why this is how she takes her phone calls. I don't know. Yeah, like the last living train employee shows up and she starts telling him what just happened, saying like, hey, this guy like knocked me out even. I've got like this lump in the back of my head. And as she's explaining all this, you see like a little lump in, on her back, like underneath her shirt. 
sliding up, and eventually a tiny little stand guy. Just a purple little guy clinging onto her neck and is very curious about what all mommy's special words mean. <laughs> yeah, yep. Now, here's the one aspect of the stand that's fun. Like, what if a stand was a baby and you had to teach it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the part that's fine. Could we just have a stand that's just a baby for no reason? (laughs) It doesn't have to become a literal baby in the way that babies... Oh, God. But the stand can communicate with Malone through his laptop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. His laptop stand. Uh, uh, Araki invented Wi-Fi, basically. Yeah. Uh, as Malone is on his laptop uh, next to the train out in the field, you know, near his friend's uh, uh, dismembered body parts, <laughs> I guess. I mean, last episode at the end, he said that they sucked. So <laughs> I guess he just doesn't care. So so he's getting all the these questions, all these messages. It's like, hey, what does fuck mean? What's fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is shit? Tell me about shit. Yeah, what what is kill? And so <laughs> Malone has this big like children's book that's, you know, picture book of of all the big African safari animals. Yeah, here's Here's Mr. Lion and Mr. Zebra and Mr. Elephant. And after he introduces all of these animals, he shows a picture of Bucciarati and then he explains what kill means. And on the laptop there is an image that don't know how he made it, but uh, it's an image of Bucciarati having his head torn off his body as all those animals he just introduced uh, eat his whole body. <laughs> and then he goes on to introduce things kids like to play with, such as tops, baseball, bowling, ice skating. <laughs> and so then he flips the page and it's all of those like all that sports equipment mm-hmm. uh, uh, being used to kill all the other members of Passione in very fun ways. Yep. The top especially, like the top, it, the the bottom little bit of it is like stabbed into Mista's forehead, but then like the actual string you would use to make the top spin is just wrapped around his neck as a noose. <laughs> I like that Narancha, when his skull is getting crushed with the bowling ball he's also the pins were set up behind him too so that you could you know you could still actually bowl while killing him well well what you're you're not going to get a deadly strike <laughs> are are you saying we should spare him <laughs> so so yeah uh, uh he, he says into his computer like this is what wor- this is what murder means makes sense my favorite bit of this is after you see the image of all the other Passione members getting killed by sports equipment, he says, the ones dying are pieces of shit. When it's one, it's piece of shit, but together it's pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very Sesame Street in, in its way. Yeah. So then he gets a very special message, a very important question. Hey, computer dad, dad, I don't know. What, what, what should I do if I got a pee real bad? <laughs> and Maloney's answer is just, just take a piss. If you have to pee, just pee. So the little baby stand does down mom's neck. And so uh, uh, back in the train car, this lady interprets it as there's some sort of leakage in like the AC vent or something. This train is gross and broken and I'm not dealing with it anymore. It smells awful. I hate it. I'm leaving. She's very foul mouthed. She's very angry. She has every right to be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
This is the worst fucking train ride you could possibly have without it just completely derailing and killing you. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which it did to a number of people. I like, mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so back in the computer, the the baby face stand is like, "Mom said I reek. She's abusive." And Maloney goes, "Oh man, sh- she's a great mom." <laughs> and so this woman just really pissed off, just vibely so. Starts Mm -hmm. storming out of the cabin to just, like, leave the train. And as she's walking down the hallway, uh, she gets deleted Tron style. (laughs) She explodes into voxels. Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) a neon glowing, like, pink grid appear, crisscross grid appears over her whole body. And yeah, just chunks of little cubes start getting deleted from her. And then she's gone. This is the first thing that really upsets Malone because, quote, her parenting was too good. Too good. He's killing too early. Then as he's lamenting that, his motorcycle drives away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because his stand has grown up enough that it knows how to drive motorcycles now. (laughs) Even though when we last saw it, it was, what, three, four inches tall? How is it reaching the pedals? Nobody knows. Yep. So, so yeah, the the idea of the stand, the, the one, like, germ of an idea that sort of metastasized and uh is is that it's a baby that you raise in backwards land where everything that's bad is good because it turns into an angry little murder creature yeah and and part of what gets cut from the the anime adaptation is how versatile the stand is yeah Because, like, when Malone is building it, it's giving it, like, remote tracking and this capability and, and like, okay, very, very long range, so I don't have to get close to Bruno. Yeah. Uh, uh, So who knows what sort of traits a baby head could have for a different job. But for this Mm -hmm. job, it's just an angry little guy where where up is down and and bad is good. Yeah. You know, when he was being created, it was using Bucciarati's blood sample. Yeah, he's just a tracking, a guy who can track Bucciarati wherever. Absurdly long-range stand. Although, it, you know, it needs a motorcycle to get anywhere. It's just a guy. He would have to run otherwise. <laughs> that, that'd that be fun. It's just a foot race to Venice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be like a, a thing that spans over multiple episodes of the show where they're fighting other stuff. And meanwhile, there's this one stand constantly just running across the countryside. <laughs> He'll eventually catch up. So our, our mid-episode title card is Babyhead, uh, but in silhouette. We we've, we see that it will grow up big and strong, mm-hmm. but not in, in full detail just yet. So uh, the Passione boys ha- have found themselves in a parking lot in... I don't, what is this building? It doesn't really matter, but what's it doing here? I mean, it looks like the types of rest stops you find here in America, where it's just like... You get off the highway, and here's a little building. Yeah. I don't know if maybe that's what it is, but... But but the debate on the table, because these boys are always arguing about the next step of, of action, is whether to steal a car, which car to steal. Wait a minute. If we steal a car, they will report it stolen. We aren't going to get that far. We're trying to lay low. Uh, and so Giorno has a bright idea. <laughs> they... <laughs> Yes, of course, they'll track down a stolen car, but they'll never find us if there are 99 other cars who have been stolen <laughs> and bashed into tiny pieces that have all turned into a swarm of frogs. <laughs> yes, he, he punches every car into dust except for one. 
turns them all into frogs and sends them all across the country so that eventually there'll just be fucked up car parts everywhere. <laughs> How are you going to deal with this, cops? And and one of the other boys says, quote, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but he is not convinced. In no way is anyone yeah. convinced. Yeah. I love that Giorno just has all of these, like, galaxy-brained ideas. And even at this point, everyone was just like, okay? Uh, yeah, okay. You're really trying to make this animal thing work, huh? <laughs> I mean, props to you, but... That fish barely swam to the island faster than you and Mista could without it. I do not get what <laughs> that was for. I mean, at least you're doing something that isn't a snake for once. Shit. <laughs> you love snakes, Jorno. He, he only makes animals that are mentioned in the Book of Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so that that's where all of, you know, our rank and file are. But, uh, of course, inside the turtle... Uh, uh, their their last bastion of defense. That is where Trish is is hanging out with Bruno, uh, uh, and his responsibility to her. And she has a quick question: This turtle ain't got plumbing, so um, what's, yeah. what's the plan here, big guy? <laughs> also, like when Trish is complaining about this, she just she's just standing on top of a chair. I think that was yes. to get a better look up outside the turtle, but it just is funny to see a woman go like, "Where do I pee?" while like standing on top of a chair <laughs> well she's trying to assert dominance yeah, over the yeah. space. <laughs> and so bruno's like hmm well and he walks over to the the one door that's in this tiny like pocket dimension room and opens it and it's just an empty closet and he just unzips a hole on the floor and he's like go at it yeah the the purple zone will become for now the brown zone that's fun <laughs> And he's like, you know, considering the size we are, whatever goes in there can't be too bad for the turtle. It's probably, you know, going to be fine. Yeah, which is like, maybe don't say that. <laughs> maybe don't say, you know, maybe the turtle would actually enjoy your pee and poop. I don't know. This might be a good arrangement for the turtle. <laughs> Just say, this is weird, but here's a hole to poop in. I don't know. Uh, so, so this bit of comic mischief, I guess, <laughs> ends with Giorno's gigantic face looming over the, the gem sky above them. Yeah. It's very funny. I love it. Yeah. Giorno's telling, informing them that, hey, we've got a car. Uh, Bruno's like, please be careful. Gior so Giorno's on, like, the opposite side of the parking lot, away from the rest of the gang, who's, like, trying to hotwire the car, basically. Yeah, yeah. And... Giorno gets distracted because he hops over like this little, this little concrete wall and notices, hey, there's a motorcycle here when there wasn't just a second ago. And he's like still carrying the turtle. And in that instant, uh, Bruno loses track of Trish somehow. And she's not in the closet. She's not anywhere else in the room. And he notices her, her hand, her arm just laying on the floor, kind of just poking around from a chair, and it's getting dragged away. So, so he follows that hand around the furniture and, and sees her just for a, a fleeting moment as she gets pulled into the small little cabinet. And as he goes and checks out the cabinet, Bruno is also turned into voxels. Yep. He gets deleted Tron style and appears, you know, so is Trish as well. Uh, as she was getting pulled into the cabinet. So so now Giorno's looking down. Is like, wait a minute. wait. There used to be two people in here. What's going on? Yeah. So he pulls out his stand and sends it into the turtle. We can see now. So we, we cut back to Malone. 
And we can see the train's actually up and running again. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. going. Uh, and he is just hanging out in the, the cabin that the woman was previously in uh, before she got deleted. And he's on the phone with his two remaining teammates. Like, uh, uh, the odds have really swung in the Bruno Cruz favor, frankly. <laughs> yeah. So so he is calling his two at, you know, for backup. And in a part four style transition, Gold Experience closes the closet door on them. Yes, yeah. There, there is some visual flair in this episode. At least there's something going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Golden Experience is searching the room in Mr. President. <laughs> and Giorno immediately goes to shout at the rest of the gang, you know, on the other side of the parking lot, like, hey, there's a fucking guy. There's a guy doing stuff. And then he can't talk anymore because a cube <laughs> of flesh gets ripped out of his throat. Just mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. where his vocal cord should be it just pops out as a cube and falls out of his throat he lost his talking cube he needs that yeah so he can't really communicate that so easily he's waving he's trying to to like get anybody's attention and they're all again on the opposite side of this uh uh, parking lot where mista is failing to hotwire a car Mm -hmm. and they do not understand his gestures narancha just kind of like waves like yeah hi there you are (laughs) They, they, the the gang really needs a, I'm getting fucked up by a stand right now, like, hand signal. <laughs> they didn't have one before. They got to do it after this one when they it need a guy who can just pop your lot, voice out. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Giorno is on his own, even though he's basically a stone's throw from everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And, and his first thought is to, like, okay... If I pop out this key, it will eject all of the living creatures from uh, uh, Mr. President, because that's how this works. We, we've established this at some point, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And so because the stand is hiding his body parts, it also ejects uh, uh, the stand, Babyface. Yeah. Who we now see was disguised as that side cabinet all along. Mm-hmm. Journal also takes a couple extra hits while he's trying to do this. So he loses some bit, some cubes out of one of his feet. And he also his right eye just gets popped out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in a cube. He's just got a, a cube shaped hole where his right eye should be now. <laughs> uh, but yes, he he's able to draw Babyface out. So the stand can cube itself. It can yeah. it can like rearrange itself into other objects. After it breaks itself down into cubes. So even though it's really one thing, it has sort of the swarm problem at the same time. You you can't punch it. Yeah. It's like punching Sandman. I'm going to talk about Spider-Man a lot today, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) And this whole time this fight is happening, Babyface is talking to Malone through like instant message, basically, on his laptop. And Giorno is, you know, trying to punch baby face which currently it just rearranged itself into like a little rock mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. every time he tries to punch the rock it splits in half it, it turns into a swarm of cubes and and g- just sneaks around his fists it shoots a cube laser yeah it's always moving and shifting and yes at one point shooting lasers that doesn't come up again <laughs> no and and as Giorno tries to just do a guttural scream it loses a, he, he loses a second throat cube just in case there is an effect here, like a visual effect that I that I like. So because Babyface can rearrange himself into other objects, like there's a point where 
all of his cubes like rearrange in a way that he becomes part of the ground and he like snakes up from the ground and then up the concrete wall. So it basically looks like a weird groundhog is burrowing through objects because yes. the raised ground yes. is coming up as like cubes. Uh, that, uh, that bit is great. Yes. Jorno Gior- gets a second throat cube torn out and he, he falls to the ground and he just thinks to himself, wow, this guy's really fucking strong. And then like the life fades out of his eyes mm-hmm. uh, to make you think, oh, no, Jorno's dying. And this is when we finally get to see Babyface in full as he pops out of the wall. He, he's confident in his victory. So he appears as his full actual body, which is the most like neck down, the most generic stand thing ever, you know? Yeah. He's, he's got sort of armorish plating all around him and got the knee pads and the elbow pads and little spikes on the shoulders. The the only unique thing is the the specific uh design of the face and specifically the uh uh mohawk made of spikes. Yeah. That are all careening off in in alternating left right directions. Yeah. And he's got like a little earpiece that he he speaks into that's part of his his head. To, to talk to Malone. But yeah, he hops back on the motorcycle, getting ready to drive away, and this is when Giorno uh, starts approaching from behind, feeling better. He's got his eye back, and he can talk. <laughs> because he can turn, like, rocks and junk into his missing parts. Yeah, the, so, be, and, like, Giorno even points out, like, hey, your powers are kind of like the opposite of mine, uh, where you turn living things into other types of objects. And so, yeah, he just realized, shit, there's a whole thing I could be doing with my stand that I have never done before. He rips off one of the, like, buttons off of his shirt, and it just morphs it into an eyeball that he slots back into his face. (laughs) And so Babyface is, of course, in constant uh, conversation. And so Malone is reading his laptop and has no idea what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Yeah, because just describing what's happening in this fight makes no sense whatsoever. And this is the second time that they've played this gag. He's like, what What do you mean he's in a turtle? What the fuck are you talking about? This, <laughs> yeah. My stand is broken and dumb. <laughs> and so now that Giorno is, has fixed himself up, he's grabbed a bunch of random things that he's turned into new body parts for him. Uh, he, he punches at the motorcycle which Babyface tries to dodge by, you know, disassembling the motorcycle and himself into cubes to avoid the punch. But uh, Giorno thought of that because as he, like, whiffed and just hit a part of the motorcycle instead, he just made it so that a bunch of roots grow out of the motorcycle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, like, threw all the cubes so they kind of get stuck together. So so Babyface abandons the bike and drops Coco Jumbo and Giorno <laughs> lunges for the turtle in a repeat of the previous stand fights ending, I suppose. But mm. since uh, uh, Babyface knew exactly where Giorno would go in order to, to get the turtle, he, he uh, comes through the, like, gasoline leak and punches through Gold Experience's arm to strike directly at Giorno himself. Mm-hmm. Which seems bad, except it's it's reversal. Haha, ha, JoJo's trick. Here it comes again. <laughs> I just don't like this fight. I don't like this fight at all. The baby face fight is 
it is my it is the worst episode of part five for me and also it's just like one of the worst stand fights all around i think the way this goes is really like haha uh-uh haha uh-uh over and over again and there's no tension and everyone is so abstract that like yeah the most interesting thing the thing i like most about this stand is the remote conversation aspect of it and that's just cut away gags and not part of it that's not like what action or character are really revolving around it's just two pretty funny bits you know yep it also sucks that this fight is not very good because it's the first like giorno centric thing in a while (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh, his fight kind of, this fight kind of sucks. But and and it sucks because it's Jorno centric. I mean, what what I mean is, uh, uh, the way it's made Jorno centric is coming up with this this stand whose inherent abilities are such a mirror to to uh, gold experiences. Yeah. And so as soon as Jorno figures that out, there's no tension at all because he's way smarter than this guy who is literally born yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, let's explain JoJo's trick. <laughs> so, yes, Babyface punched Golden Experience's hand off, cubed it so it would, it would pop off, and he, he just stops to, like, point at Jorno and go, like, ha-ha, got your hand. Where'd it go? <laughs> it flew off somewhere. And Jorno's like, well, my hand is part of JoJo's trick, so you should probably defend yourself because it's actually it owns actually that my hand popped off my my stan's hand popped off its body so he tra- now that jorno's just transforming shit into body parts he's like what if i just transformed my severed body parts into shit that can fight you too and so the hand got turned into a piranha mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the the hand okay the hand that got punched off was a different object that he turned into a hand. The actual hand that popped off was a part that got assimilated into cubes into baby face. And so his real stand hand is part of baby face, which then turns into a piranha, which is inside baby face and burrows through him and like t- pops out his back, like eating a, a lot of chunks of him on the way. And that's the cliffhanger. That, the, the cliffhanger is JoJo's doing pretty good right now. See you next week. <laughs> yep. He put a piranha in a guy. Uh, Episodio Dicioto, head to Venice. So so this one starts with our penultimate assassin, uh, Giacchio. Giacchio is, of course, Italian for ice, not Italian ice. That's a separate thing. <laughs> yeah. Which, now that I mention it, I kind of want one. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. He is driving down the highway in his uh, uh, sporty little car, uh, uh, bright red, uh, the the um, headlights that pop out, that, that lift up or, or tuck oh, away yeah, in the yeah. daytime. I hate cars that do that. Yeah. Uh, but he is talking on the phone with Risotto. Uh, Giacchio here, his English voice is uh, uh, the voice of uh, Atherin Zala in the Gundam Seed HD remaster, because they mm. redubbed it when they remastered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Japanese voice, uh, uh, you might recognize as Origami Cyclone in Tiger and Bunny. Oh. Or Bakugo in My Hero Academia. That's where I, I, I heard it from, yeah. And he also dubs for Freddie Highmore in his TV work. Huh. 
So, so this is the voice. This is the Japanese dub voice of Baby Norman Bates and the Good Doctor. <laughs> so yeah, we we've got Giacchio on on the phone with Risotto. Risotto is the one that we've seen before, who's like goth jester, the the Hamburglar. Yeah, he's the Hamburglar. It's hard to to remember that he's the Hamburglar because when we saw the Hamburglar, it was just the pants that are the only Hamburglary thing about him. <laughs> yeah, from the waist up, it's a very inaccurate descriptor. Mm-hmm. Risotto is telling Giacchio, like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave some of this work to you. I I'm doing some research right now because he's got he's got a guy in this room with him working mm-hmm. on a computer, like forcing this guy to work." This this dude is trembling. He's some sort of Chihuahua computer engineer, <laughs> and there's a whole lot of blood on the floor. Oh yeah, there's some scissors on the floor, like surgical scissors. And this guy the whole time was just like, "Hey, so like betraying the boss is really bad. It means like you get super dead. Uh, I don't want to be super dead, and uh, you don't see exactly what happens. You just see all of a sudden that this dude has three nails in his left hand." Pinning him in place to his workstation, yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, the only thing you need to use, you still need to be able to use a computer is uh, at least one eye and your right hand. So I'm going to take uh, one of your eyeballs out if you don't start working. And before he can even like do anything, really, because he's just terrified, mm-hmm. uh, s- something else metallic gets jabbed into his eye just out of nowhere. And that takes us to the opening. Actor notes for Risotto here. His English voice is uh, Potemkin in Guilty Gear. Okay. And uh, Ferdinand in Ascendance of a Bookworm. Oh, okay. While Risotto's Japanese voice dubbed for, uh, uh, voiced Batman in Arkham Knight. Mm. And is uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond in at least two of his movies, Skyfall and Spectre. I couldn't confirm if the, the other ones are also the same guy. Yeah. But back out of the OP, we're... Uh, the the piranhas turning back into Jor- into golden experience's hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we replay that that very last bit again with I think some new dialogue because Jorno like exclaims, "You guessed it! It's now a piranha." Okay, but who would have guessed that? Who would <laughs> who have guessed, guessed that, that though? Why would I have guessed that? If I was going to guess anything, it's just that you turn something into a snake. It'd be a snake. Yes. Yeah. And so baby faces on the floor in pain. When he collapses, his face falls into turtle poop. Very yep. classy. Great. Love it. Malone gets a text message that says, quote, I will kill fish bastard. <laughs> yeah, that part's funny. <laughs> See, this is the part of Babyface I like. <laughs> Malone, all alone, just like totally at arm's length from the fight he's nominally participating in, just says to himself, quote, remote tracking is great until daddy's little death machine t- decides to go off the rails. <laughs> Daddy's little death machine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he has that on a little onesie. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So so Babyface picks himself up, and it's time, like, okay, we, we've had some, some superpowers, and now it's time to square off with, like, actual punching again. Mm-hmm. So in mid-strike, a huge, like, a, a full arm extension karate chop from, from uh, uh, high to low, Giorno steps back, thinks he's dodged it except babyface gets a growth spurt during that that blow <laughs> yeah he he gets bigger very quickly and so his arms uh, reach out just enough to like carve a gash down jorno's Jar- chest you know before the the karate chop comes he throws like three punches 
And Giorno just goes, that's like the third punch you throw at me. I see right through you, bro. And then that's when he like, and it's presented as like a, aha, JoJo's trick style moment. But then he just gets karate chopped and, and fucked yeah, up. Yeah. There's a bloody gash down to his crotch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now, now we have basically an exact replay of the, the lead up to the fish moment, except we're punching something other than a fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how does how does this one even start again? Like I'm so checked out of this fight. Like yeah, it's... I w- I would be trying harder if the stands like Genesis was anything else, but honestly I yes. do not care about Babyface. Yep, same. I... <laughs> so so what happens is, you know, Babyface has grown up, he's bigger, he's taller, he's more muscular. Giorno goes in for a punch and uh Babyface basically dodges it by you know disassembling himself into cubes and moving out of the way this is when he's like ha i'm too fast for you i you know i i'm i can just dodge your blows you're so predictable and then jorno does the jojo's trick which is okay he's doing the hand switcheroo again yes yes the 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 hand switch continues to be a thing yeah so now the the hand that he's punching with that has now been severed and was like absorbed into baby face or whatever wasn't his real hand it was the it was a replacement hand he made out of the motorcycle yeah and so now he's reverting the hand cubes that are in baby face into a motorcycle which means the motorcycle is just bursting out of his body and at this point we've seen this play out so many times like he's just toying with the guy oh my god just kill him why won't you just kill him and this is what kills him in the time it took me to make that note he is dead yeah (laughs) thank god yeah because he starts trying to just go like well there's a motorcycle inside of me that's easy i'll just turn to cubes and get the motorcycle out of me but that's when all the like uh, gasoline in the motorcycle starts to leak out of every like cube seam on his body, and then the spark plug on the motorcycle just decides to ignite, uh, and that's what it, he just explodes and is on fire. And then Jaro punches him a bunch, and he's dead. Mm-hmm, Yay! Mm-hmm. So with the stand defeated, Bruno and Trish pop out of Coco Jumbo in the form of a table and a chair. <laughs> yeah. And then they reassemble into their actual bodies. And that's the end of Babyface. Hooray. A fight conclusion that was like, what, two or three minutes of, of the next episode? Yep. It's it's very strange that you, you have the fight climax immediately. But you know yeah. what? I'm not going to complain to get through this any faster. Yeah, let's move on to the, uh, the next stand fight, which is better. <laughs> but there's a lot before that next stand fight. Uh, so, so time has passed. And now at that uh, uh, roadside like rest stop, uh, Jacchio has arrived. He sees the exploded bike uh, smoldering mm-hmm. and a whole lot of people complaining about their cars being stolen. They don't know <laughs> their cars have also been uh, uh, blown apart into many bits, which have all turned into frogs. <laughs> You're never going to be able to file an insurance claim for that. <laughs> He also hates figures of speech, like a lot, yes. like a lot, a lot. Yeah, this is one of Jackio's things. Uh, he frequently goes into like tangents unrelated to any events happening around him to complain about how a figure of speech annoys him or to get pedantic about the way people pronounce words and stuff. Uh, what What is the, the phrase that he's getting pissed off about? 
Uh, in the dub, it's outside the box thinking. Right. He, he does not like that at all. Yeah, because he like is punching like the glove box of his car a whole bunch and just screaming, what the fuck does that mean? What if I like thinking in the box? What if I think better in the box? What if it's more comfortable there? That makes no sense. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> In in the the subtitle translation, it's about uh, uh, yeah, leaving no stone unturned. I get absolutely. You got to look under your stones, but but uh, uh, also checking the leaves. Who does anything with leaves? They're just yeah. they blow away. Yeah. So yeah, Giacchio's on the phone with Malone, just saying like, "Hey, what the fuck, Malone? You fucked up. These guys just left." I think your stand got exploded or something. And Malone, uh, in the train, which has now actually, like, finally reached a, uh, a train stop. They're in Rome now. Yeah, they're in Rome. Malone is out of the train just saying, like, hey, I still got Bruno's blood. I can just make another's, another baby. He's checking out new moms specifically by peeping women's asses? Yep. It's yeah. Gross. Yeah, it's very gross. Uh, thankfully, we're not going to get any more of this because as he's on the phone, uh, a uh, snake uh, slithers by. <laughs> a motherfucking snake. Why? Why is Giorno's emblem like those ladybug brooches he has and not a fucking snake? The yeah. boy loves snakes so much. Yes, there's one snake around Malone's foot and he's just like, why the fuck is there a snake here? And then a second snake appears like... It was riding at the top of the train, and it falls on top of Malone's shoulders, and it's, like, smoking, and it smells, like, burning, and he's just like, oh, shit, this is made out of my dead stand, isn't it? And then the, sta- <laughs> the snake, which is apparently poisonous, just bites Malone on the tongue, and he dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. He dies instantly from tongue venom. Uh, so, so, yeah, the first time we've ever seen a stand leave a corpse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just like Bruno's fly, you know, it, it returns, you know, from where it came. And, and that, that is how we delivered a, a deadly, deadly snake bite. <laughs> God damn. How fast was this snake going? It's a fast little guy. Did it turn into a faster animal? To get from, from wherever this uh, rest stop is to a train station in Rome, what's the distance? I'm starting to think just yet another aspect of Giorno's power is that all the animals he makes can go at hyperspeed because, <laughs> like, I don't know, like that fish that they rode to get to the island or get to get to the coast had to have been going really fucking fast for it to be better than the boat. So speaking of Giorno, he is driving the stolen car and mm-hmm. Fugo is holding the turtle uh, and is just, like I said, doing the math. Uh, uh, there, there's only two assassins left. And Mista is in the backseat, eyes locked out the, the rear window, looking for, for anyone uh, coming up on them. Yeah. Everybody else is inside the turtle. Yep. What, what if... Okay, there's two assassins left. What if the, the boss needs someone assassinated? <laughs> Yeah. Where where is, you know, the next person up in in the the hierarchy? Where's their capo wondering why there are five dead guys this week? <laughs> yeah. So, Giacchio is, you know, still at this parking lot by the rest stop and he's just like, "Well, Maloney's dead." And so he's he's real pissed off about that or or he gets called by Risotto who is still at this computer 
saying that like, hey, something has been reconstructed and I'm going to send it to you now, but we don't know what it is yet. Meanwhile, inside Mr. President, Bruno is getting another email because the turtle has Wi-Fi. Yay, this is the best turtle. And, and so it's a very simple message that seems like the most perfect uh, encryption method possible. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- this is a really clever use of their specific abilities. The the boss just says, hey, have Moody Blues go stand on a chair and rewind 14 hours. Yeah, this part's pretty cool. It's so good. So yeah, he rewinds back to that time, and his stand turns into uh, the guy that they met quite a few episodes ago now to, for, to hand off Trish to them, uh, P- Pericolo. Little baby Pericolo, the oldest, smallest man. Yep. So, so yeah, 14 hours ago, he was here inside Mr. President. Uh, uh, it seems a lot of guys have been inside Mr. President. <laughs> Sometimes you get six guys in, in Mr. President at once. <laughs> wow, Mr. President, damn. And you'd think someone, you know, that that age wouldn't be able to take it. But boy, you know, <laughs> there's room to move. Yep. It's very, uh, <laughs> it's the most talented president ever. So, so there is another very like diamond is unbreakable reminiscent visual flair here. So, so who's watching it? It's Trish. It's, uh, uh, Jarno. It's, uh, um, it's Bruno. And, and like, they are in the mid ground seeing this happen. And then also superimposed over themselves, their shock yes. reactions. Yep. And so Perry Colo you know, was in this turtle 14 hours ago, you know, speaking to nothing, giving instructions so they could see it later. This is apparently the boss's final mission, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. way he phrased it. They have to go to this sculpture to retrieve a floppy disk that has been hidden in it, which contains the the, the location of the drop point for Trish. Yes, yes. And this is the beginning of what I really hate about the the coming fight. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So this floppy disk is inside, like, the Lion of Venice is the name of this statue, right? Yeah. It's a very famous uh, landmark, this bronze lion with wings up on a pillar, and uh, uh, they're told to find it at Santa Lucia Station. Mm Mm-hmm. The Lion of Venice is not at Santa Lucia Station. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. It is at Piazza San Marco. Uh, the the huge famous piazza in Venice, about half an hour walk away. Hmm. In fact, we've seen it previously. That piazza is where a uh, Rohan's popcorn game was played. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, Italy Pavilion at Epcot is very very based on that piazza, including having the Lion of Venice on a, a post. Mm-hmm. in its place, you know, right next to a, a building based on the Doge's Palace, whereas the real one is right next to the real Doge's Palace. Mm-hmm. It is not a fancy gift shop where you get Italian perfumes. <laughs> I mean, it might be, you know, there's a lot of tourism in Venice. Yeah. I don't know. And so Periclo sets the, the photo of the, the statue on fire to destroy the evidence. Uh, and he's saying, you know, you know, you really got to get the Trish to the boss. Uh, I've already been discovered, so we have to leave no, like, trace evidence behind uh, of this shit. So uh, this is when he pulls out a gun. Mm-hmm. 
and he puts it to his temple and says, you know, hey, I've had a, a very fulfilling life. My duty is over. Uh, I am willing to lay down my life for the boss. Yeah, this is when, like, he was in the turtle 14 hours ago and he killed himself. And also the force of shooting himself in the head with the gun uh, launches him out of the turtle. What is seen, what is depicted exactly is, you know, him with the gun to his temple delivering that final speech. And then Mm -hmm. the camera cuts behind him, not showing him, just looking down at, you know, all all our Passione crew seeing this Mm. until you hear the gunshot and the spray of of like gore goes uh, cuts across the screen in front of your view yeah it's fucked up it's fucked up it's fucked up yeah there should have been instructions on that note to like hey stop at this point (laughs) stop (laughs) you're gonna want to pause like you're gonna get the implication you're gonna want to pause yeah so then we cut to uh, uh the boss it's the first time we see I mean, quote unquote, see the boss. He's Mm -hmm. hanging out in deep, dark shadows, buried under this very flowing, voluminous bathrobe. Yeah. And he's hoping, really hoping that everybody thinks his whole escape room design is really cool. (laughs) Yeah. His apartment looks neat. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he's he's just hoping that his daughter can be delivered to him safely. And this is when we transition to seeing, you know, everybody in the car driving to the location. There was a mid-episode title card. This time it's just like a roadmap showing like yeah. various points of interest along the journey. Uh, and afterwards, this is when we get the narrator uh, introducing Venice. We're familiar. I, I... <laughs> yeah. Uh, int- introducing the big, the, the long bridge that connects to it. Yeah, from the mainland to, you know, the famous parts, the City of Canal parts of Venice. Yeah. Uh, and so they are driving down this bridge. It's uh, uh, Giorno is still at the wheel. Mista is still in the back keep, keeping watch. And the windows keep fogging up and they mm-hmm. skid out. When they skid out, like Giorno gets, gets control back on the car pretty quickly. But in doing so, uh, it, it tossed Mista from one side of the the back seat to the other and like Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. had his hand up on the the window on the other side before he got thrown across the car mista has to ask if giorno like even has his license what the hell man and giorno replies no i'm 15 (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's no way i don't even have a permit maybe it's okay driving without a license is one of the cool crimes it's way better than like even murder it's it's (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're so far from selling drugs to kids right now. You don't even got to sweat. <laughs> by by the way, uh, the station they're going to is mm-hmm. a rail station. Just feel like I should mention that. They're driving to a rail station that is inaccessible by car. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so Mista, thrown across the other side of the car, looks back at the window that he was previously looking through and notices that there's something stuck to it. He's like, what the hell is that? And he notices that, like, hey, these windows are really fogging up. It's getting pretty cold in here. And that thing stuck the window on the other side uh, is his pinky finger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, it is. man. His pinky, fi- when he was had his hand up to the window, his pinky got frozen to the car. And the force of him being tossed across the other side of the car was enough to completely tear his pinky off of his hand. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ugh. 
Sojourno is not paying too much attention to that. Instead, he's thinking back to all the fun car facts he knows and, and all the, the like driving uh, uh, pro tips that he's aware of. I mean, remember, he did do a number of taxi scams before this whole yeah, story yeah. started. Uh, so, yeah, the, the way you defog a window is by uh, opening the window and equalizing the interior and exterior temperatures, obviously. Mm hmm. But what that does, unfortunately, is let in Arctic cold blasts. <laughs> yeah. And like, as he opens this, you hear Giacchio very happy that the window has been rolled down because uh, now he's cooled their innards to one degree Celsius or something like that. <laughs> uh, Misa's face is starting to get frozen to the side of the window that he's pressed up against. And... Uh, a photo also flies in through the open window and, and like gets frozen and attached to Giorno's face here. And it's the reconstructed photo of the, the drop point for this floppy disk that uh, Pericolo burned. Mm -hmm, That's what mm -hmm. they were analyzing earlier. They actually got the scraps and, and, and reassembled it. Yeah, Risotto's computer boy was reconstituting this photo from the burned ashes <laughs> in order to predict their, their destination. This is a very, like, 90s idea of what computers could do. Th this is yeah. a very hack-the-planet story beat. <laughs> this is also, like, these two episodes back-to-back -back are, like, the first time ever, really, that there's, like, computers... <laughs> in jojo yeah yeah like the c computers and the internet just don't really like matter or exist much in jojo for the most part which i think is interesting you, you mentioned it when we were talking about thus spoke rohan right how, how yeah. weird it is to see that editor just like bring out her ipad and, and yeah and look at her, her google maps app but when we first see that sort of technology in jojo's proper it's it, it's so much less mundane, right? It, it's, yeah. You, you aren't just on AOL Messenger. You are controlling the brain of your autonomous <laughs> baby stand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Misa's getting super frozen. Like, half of his face is frozen over with ice now, like, mm -hmm, attached mm -hmm. to this window. While Giacchio is, is like, pounding down the roof, leaving dents, try, trying to bust in. And he's trying to figure out where Trish is because it's like, ooh, I bet they're in the turtle. Is the turtle here with you? Where's the turtle at? And he, he quickly deduces it like, hey, the turtle ain't here. They're hiding somewhere else, not in this car, which means I can go ape shit on you guys in the car. <laughs> no holds barred. Take no prisoners. Let's just fuck you up. Uh, so, so yeah, he's right. It is the two of them on this mission for the disc. Uh, no, no backup. No one else around. And yeah, no, no Trish to worry about. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mista f manages to thaw enough to actually bleed from his severed pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which tells him uh, he he's capable of shooting. So so he shoots of a, a few bullets up with some sex pistols upon them through the roof, but they find that Jacio <laughs> has made himself an ice cocoon. Yeah, he's he's encased himself in ice like two feet thick uh, and fused <laughs> to the roof. <laughs> yeah, which is just... impenetrable bulletproof armor. Yeah, like the bullets can only burrow in like an inch or so before they come to a complete stop. Part five has had very little CG animation in it, but we get it here briefly when we're seeing like outside 
seeing like frozen Giacchio fuse to the top of the car as it's just speeding mm-hmm, across mm-hmm. this bridge, which thankfully it's very late at night and there's no traffic on this bridge. <laughs> they are the only car on it. Well, of course not. It's supposed to be a train bridge. Nobody knows you can drive on it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's so cold that Sex Pistols 2 and 3 get encased. Those burger thieves. Ooh, this is karma. <laughs> and of course, the bullet holes in the roof that, that brought them there are allowing more and more cold inside the, the cabin of the car. Yeah. Giorno estimates they're currently at negative 20 Celsius. And Mista is too frozen to reload. <laughs> yeah, like all the blood that was coming out of his his severed pinky... Uh, has frozen over now so it's just this solid disgusting pillar of blood sticking out of his hand in roughly the shape of a pinky yeah yeah yeah. it's real bad uh giorno is doing some i would say meteorologically suspect wind chill calculations (laughs) yeah yeah he's 15 like but the important part is it's too cold for anything to live, and there there are ice crystals that have frozen the the uh, brake pedal from being moved. Yeah, so his stand is essentially useless right now. He can't transform anything to anything living. It'll he just can't die. stop, he can't steer, he can't gold experience. He's pretty fucked right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even Giorno's starting to completely ice over. Half of his face is, is encased in ice now. Uh, and this is when Giacchio uh, stands up mm-hmm. to bitch about how people pronounce Paris as Paris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But fancy people at least say Paris all over the world. However, Venezia is called Venice all over the world, even though that's English and not Italian. What? It's an Italian place. Use the Italian name. It's Venezia. Shakespeare can suck my ass. Fuck off, Mer- <laughs> Merchant of Venezia. Thank you very much. <laughs> and like whenever, when Giacchio gets pissed off about stuff like this, he has to punch something. So he's just like in his ice cocoon, just punching the ice wall furiously while screaming about this. And it's totally unprompted. It has nothing to do with anything. I guess he just sees the lights in the distance that inspires him, you know, something <laughs> that really grinds his gears. But yeah. I kind of like Pesci. Giacchio is uh, uh, an inversion of expectations, right? The guy named Ice with ice powers, with that look. We haven't really talked about his look. We should. Yeah. You would expect him to be the cool one, to to be like cold in mood. But no, he just flies off the handle to scream about whatever quirk of language is bothering him that day. He's very shouty all the time. So yeah, Giacchio's whole look, like his actual outfit is pretty reserved compared to a lot of the other guys. That'll change. Yeah, that'll change pretty soon. But he's kind of wearing just a blue suit, I guess. It's kind of got like a Mandarin collar, sort of. It reminds me of, uh, oh no, I guess I'm just misremembering it because there are... I thought these were functional buttons along his shoulder that would remind me of like a uh, dentist jacket that that like... yeah goes all the way around and, and fastens asymmetrically like that. But I think those are just decorative buttons and it yeah, actually fastens uh, uh, closer to a center line. Yeah. So yeah, his, his suit is pretty, pretty standard, extremely tight, mm-hmm, form fitting. Mm-hmm. Like it's going up into his chest cavity a bit. It's so tight. Sleeves that go all the way down and become hand covers that loop around his, yeah. his middle fingers. Yeah. And he's, it's got a bit of like a turtleneck collar thing going on. He's got these bright red glasses on, and the craziest part of his design is his hair. 
which is made out of S's, kind of. He looks like he looks like the top of like a, a gelato at the gelato bar before business opens, right? It, yeah. it hasn't been marred by any of the scooping. Just lots lots of squir- swirls that seem like really pasted down onto his head. Yeah. And like bright magenta fashion glasses. Mm-hmm. Mista and Jordan are trying to figure out how to do anything to defend themselves. And the only thing Golden Experience can do is like pick stuff up. It can't really use its stand power. It can just get closer to Mista than Jorno can. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it grabs a bunch of bullets that Mista dropped and loads them into Mista's gun for him. <laughs> uh, and he's also saying, like, hey, Mista, I need, like, some warmth to actually do anything with my abilities. And so when Mista fires off a couple more rounds into this, like, basically impenetrable ice armor... The, the bullets are hot enough to, to support life. So we get a combo attack. They turn into expanding, uh, uh, searching vines and roots that, that pop out of their, their little like paths that they're embedded on in, in the ice, which mm-hmm. peel Giacchio's uh, uh, cocoon from the roof, and he spills out onto the road behind them. Hooray! Victory! Yay. It's a cool combo attack. I like that one. It is. Yeah, I like the teamwork. Teamwork's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, they're speeding off, leaving Jackio behind. Seemingly, you know, they have gotten away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't really seen the extent of his stand ability yet because before he had just frozen ice around himself. Now he pulls out his actual stand, which is an ice skating suit. <laughs> yeah. The, the stand is called White Album, named for the colloquial name of the Beatles' self-titled album. Mm-hmm. Self-titled albums seem to be named after colors mostly, or maybe I'm just thinking of the Beatles and Weezer, together at last where they belong. (laughs) There's got to be a Weezer stand. I mean, the Black Album was actually called the Black Album. Like, come Mm -hmm. on. If you want to name your album after color, put it in the name. But yes, uh, (laughs) this is new, right? We've never seen a stand that is a bodysuit. Yeah, this this is new. Like, uh, uh, so so yeah, it's... A speed skating outfit as imagined by Iraqi, honestly. He's got, uh, uh, it, it's all white. It, it's more armory than, you know, the, the full body spandex that you see at, mm-hmm. you know, actual speed skating. Uh, long, long uh, ice skating blades built in, pops of color on uh, uh, the, the elbows, shoulders, hips, and knee pads, and little green vents uh, uh, in the shape of like, you know, tic tacs like uh, uh, round, <laughs> yeah. rounded rectangles that that run up uh, the limbs and chest. And let's not forget that his helmet has cat ears. His helmet has cat ears. Yes. Yeah. And, and when he is like in a crouch to to build up speed uh, uh, as we enter the road race, as we enter the road race portion of the fight, uh, he's got a little tailbone built in that that juts yeah. out very aerodynamically. I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah and also his helmet like yeah it's, it's it completely covers his face it's got like this green visor portion that he looks out of but the center like the forehead has this big like pink spiral on it so he starts laying down a sheet of ice to uh, upon which to skate and catch up and and uh Meese is like yeah I got something for this. So, mm-hmm. so he fires more shots uh, uh, and sex pistols catch the bullets. They don't like redirect them into this guy's face or anything. They they use them as like tripping hazards. Yeah. 
wedging them along the ice skate so he loses his his glide loses his skating line and flips off flopping around like like team rocket blasting off into space behind (laughs) yeah previously he did try to just straight up shoot jackio in the face but his you know his suit here is the same as like the ice using case with earlier it's it's super super strong like armor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um now that Jacko is eating shit, he's they're just like, okay, we're just gonna drive literally as fast as humanly possible and just get the fuck out of here before he can catch us again. Quote, we lost the freaky snowman. <laughs> yes. Jacko is still holding on because uh, he's used his ice powers to freeze the vapor coming out of the exhaust of the car. So uh-huh, he's just uh-huh. holding on by a long, long icicle coming out of the car. Much like Giorno's nephew, 80 years ago, 60 years ago, 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's like climbing up the this trail of ice from the muffler, and he gets close enough that he's able to pop the trunk open so that Misa can't see him. And so Misa's just like dumping rounds just randomly into the trunk, hoping he mm-hmm, hits the mm-hmm. dude. But it doesn't work. He he climbs uh, through the trunk into the back seat and uh, uh, tries to shatter Mista's arm off by by f- you know freezing it solid. Yeah, Golden Experience comes into the back to try and and, and do a punch rush and it just, just punching alone, not even doing life stuff. But its punching is insufficient as it always is. Yeah, it it barely puts a crack into Giacchio's like helmet, and that's it. Misa's telling Giorno just like, hey, just pull your stand back. He's going to completely freeze you over. And Giorno goes with a curious plan. Hey, (laughs) what if we, okay, we made it to Venice. We're across this bridge, basically. What if I ramp the car off into the water below? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To that, I think that seems like a bad idea with a guy with ice powers, but you do you. This is also a bad idea because in reality, if you're driving on the car bridge to Venice and you hop off the the guardrail on that side, you don't land in the water. You Mm. land in the rail bridge, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is maybe a good thing because then you can drive along the rail bridge into the train station where you are trying to go. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Giorno ramping it is is the cliffhanger there, which leads us to the, the final episode, White Album, episode 19. So, so yes, the, the car lands in the canal and Gold Experience uh, punches Giacchio out of the car, but its fists freeze to the point that Giorno's hands snap off. <laughs> yeah. Oops. And Misa's like, oh, fuck, your hands fell off. <laughs> and Giorno's just saying, hey, I'm going to do an abacchio now and yeah, say, yeah. Y- you got to leave me behind for the sake of the mission you go over to that statue right now and and seal the deal. He's he's become very Abacchio or very Bruno-like in this moment. And so Mista listens, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he, but he, he does ha- vow like, hey, I'm going to go get that. And then I'm also going to save you afterwards. Like, Yeah, yeah. He defines the mission's victory parameters as defeating Giacchio as well as ret- uh, retrieving the disc. Yeah. So So now the question is raised. Was Giorno smart to use the canal as like a big latent heat reservoir? Or was he very, very stupid because there's so much water to make ice with? (laughs) Uh, Turns out there's a lot of water to make ice with. At this point, no one is sure. Uh (laughs) Yeah. 
So the OP plays and Oh wait, uh, right before the before the OP, some really horrible body horror happens. Yeah? Which bit uh, is this? Uh this is the bit where okay, Misa smashes out the front window to climb out of the car, and this is where Giacchio reappears, punches the water to make a bunch of ice grow out of it, and it grows all the way onto the car hood just enough to reach underneath where Misa's hand is resting and Misa yes. goes oh shit and he pulls his hand back really quick and it's too late and all of the skin on his palms and the bottoms of his fingers get torn off yeah that does happen it oh, sure does OP time <laughs> yeah so as we come back yes Mista is standing on this this icy car in this rapidly icing a uh, uh, canal trying to get to dry land and the disc inside the, this lion statue so he shouts Giorno you gotta turn the car into a plant <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got it buddy so yeah Golan experience punches the like steering wheel and it starts to grow and and turn into vines but it's it's just too cold out here the only thing that is surviving is like tundra grass mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the the vine uh, uh shrivels and dies in the cold before it gets the chance to grow long enough to reach land and Mist is like more tundra grass please i want this tundra grass so bad <laughs> yeah so he's just tearing up all this grass off the hood of the car and the ice is approaching him and uh, Misa's still feeling good. Like, thanks, Jorno. All of this grass, there is enough of it, and it froze over hard enough that I was able to make a snowboard. What a magnificent asshole. I love this move. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb and so good. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, long ice patches across the water now that lead closer towards uh, land. And so he just hops on the snowboard and just rides this ice. So, so yeah, he's he's skating down. He's making progress. He's pulling away. And so Giacchio's like, well, fuck that. You can't snowboard without my snow. And he turns off all the cold. Yeah. Which dumps Mista into the drink, but also frees Giorno. Yeah. And so Giacchio, while, while everything is, you know, unfrozen, he's just he's swimming very quickly. Like, he's just a really good swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> and Mista's getting really close to land, uh, but he stands his ground. He's going to try and shoot Giacchio. But before he can, like, Giacchio just punches the water. A sheet of ice, you know, extends forward very quickly and pins Mista to the this brick wall he's against. And there, we got another combo attack coming up. Yeah, because... so so on Giorno's advice, with no idea why he's doing this, Mista starts shooting a bunch of the floating clumps of grass in the water? Yeah, because this all these clumps of grass were made out of the car, as Mista shoots them, Giorno reverts the grass into, like, car parts and screws and nuts and bolts and stuff, and this gives Mista an opportunity to just, like, trick shot one of the the car parts one of the screws and shoot it into the target on Giacchio's uh head which is the big pink swirl on his forehead mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and he shoots and it mo- rapidly multiple times to like dig it into this dude's into this dude's forehead fucking bullseye ping 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 driving it all the way into his skull which stuns him <laughs> Yeah, like, even both of them know immediately, like, hey, this didn't kill him. He's just stunned from this. And, like, Mista 
briefly gets on land like ooh, he could go to that he's so close to the statue he could just get the disc right now mm-hmm, but misa mm-hmm. thinks no i gotta kill this motherfucker while i have the chance yeah yeah he's he's taking the giorno route instead of the abacchio route in in this like <laughs> telltale games presents golden wind situation <laughs> yeah he he dives underwater see what Giacchio's doing and yeah he's Giacchio is just stunned like sinking to the 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 bottom here he's like okay if this dude is in you know this armor there's got to be a way for him to breathe he sends two of the sex pistols out to get really close and like flank him to see if they can find a breathing hole Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they do. There is an air intake currently leaking bubbles in the the back of his neck. That That's the breathing hole for White Album. Yeah. So the idea is he's going to fire some shots into that neck hole. But Giacchio starts to swim upwards and like the little tail, like flared tail bit on the back of his, his helmet when he's looking upwards completely covers up the breathing hole. <laughs> So Meast is like, hmm, I know how to get you to look down, uh, revealing your next spot. I'm going to shoot some fish. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be so curious about why the hell I would shoot fish. You look at the fish, and then there's a clear path into your, your, your vent. Yeah. So yeah, he fires off a shot. Sex Pistols, you know, kick it, the bullet around to hit him in the, the breathing port. And it looks like he, he's hit his mark. Until uh, Giacchio reveals another part of what he can do with his stand, which is just he he is frozen vapor around him into these minuscule little ice shards floating around him, which he is using to block bullets and also ricochet bullets that are shot at him back at at Mista. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he's been monologuing a little bit about how the ability of White Album is is so powerful, so overwhelming because it is the very nature of stasis itself, right? As temperature yeah. goes down, that means a stop to molecular motion. He can just stop the whole dang world if he wants. That's that's what that's what makes him so so strong philosophically. And so he has super cooled the air around him to the point where the air itself has become solid. He's found yeah. the freezing temperature of air and and made his <laughs> armor out of that. Yeah. And this this specific ability, this shield he puts up with this method he calls gently weeps. <laughs> yeah, the the Beatles song while my guitar gently weeps. But yes, with this this ability that he can do, uh yeah, he just there's like this ringing humming sound that's happening. They're like, "What the fuck is that sound?" And it's just the sound of Misa's bullet endlessly ricocheting until Jacko just kind of like chooses to ricochet it back at Mista. Uh, and he gets like shot in the gut, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and this gives Giacchio some time to get ahead of Mista and start searching around the statue. He's like searching through trash and the bushes and shit. Yeah, because he just has a picture. He doesn't have the instructions, so he's trying to yeah. figure out what in this picture is significant. And after an amount of searching, he's like, "It's probably this really famous sculpture." That dates from the year 300 BC. I don't know how you get a computer <laughs> disc in that, but they did. The boss is so talented. They did it. So he just karate chops the statue into fucking oblivion. Thanks for that. That's what it gets for being in the wrong neighborhood. Very, <laughs> very literally the wrong part of the city. It's not where yeah. it is. And yeah, this like candy red, chunky, floppy disc pops out of it. And he, he's got a hold of it. 
And this is where, like, Giorno is slowly recovering. You can see that he just now got on top of the car. He's uh, made a new hand for himself. What a trick. What a trick he learned. Yeah, it's it, incredibly useful. And so he makes an open vow that that he and Mista's determinazione will, will light the way through this darkness. <laughs> uh, and that's when we get our mid-episode title card, which is uh, White Album. Jackio is picking up the, the floppy disk. Misa is also up on land, but he's struggling to continue to fight since he's got a bullet in the gut. And this is when Giorno uh, has a, a monologue about resolve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While Mista's is being goaded by Jackio shouting, uh, uh, bring it chuckle schmuck. Yes, chuckle schmuck. Mm, mm, so close. And as they're both about to fight, uh, Giorno decides... Hey, what worked before was distracting this dude by doing some fucked up weird shit like shoot fish dead. So I'm going to smash my arm into oblivion and squirt blood into the sky. Just which makes, showering, showering the world in his blood. Which makes both Mista and Giacchio go like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and of course, covering the battlefield in your own blood is the traditional trigger uh, ceremony for flashbacks. Yes. Compared to the rest of the, the gang... Misa's flashback earlier in the, the show was a lot shorter. It was only half the story. Yeah. So so we pick up where we left off. Uh, you know, Mista had just shot a bunch of people dead who were trying to shoot him and also assault a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now Mista is getting sentenced to 15 to 30 years for the shooting of all those men uh, because the court did not believe his, his like claims of self-defense. Yeah. And he winds up in a very stark jail cell. Flies are buzzing around his tray of slop. But not long after, after a very short amount of time inside, he gets sprung by Bruno. And Bruno mm-hmm. takes him out to, to Buca de Beppo to talk about life. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Bruno learned about Misa just by seeing him in the news and going like, hey, I thought you were innocent. So uh, let's go to Olive Garden. Uh, <laughs> You're good at guns. Uh, yes, I am in the mafia. Good guess. Uh, you want to do guns with me? Basically, Mista is just immediately like, yeah, it sounds dope. Like, yeah. I Mista love this ag- food. <laughs> Mista agrees to join before he's even asked to, actually. It's yeah. like Bruno doesn't get the question out. The The only thing he manages to, manages to do is order six bruschettas. Bruschetta for everyone. <laughs> yeah. The easiest recruit out of the whole gang. And the last. He's the last. I guess Giorno's the last. But uh, up until then, uh, Mm -hmm. because because everybody just like waddles in single file. They all want their bruschetta. (laughs) Yeah. Just seeing Italian food in the show always makes me want Italian. Did they make him drink pee too? Yeah, right? Is that that just part of it? Who who came up with the pee drinking haze initiation (laughs) for this gang? Uh, it's pouring rain. Bruno Bucciarati winds up on the doorstep <laughs> of disgraced cop Leone Abacchio, and he says, "Yes, I will join. I will join your organization on one condition: everyone who comes after me has to drink my pee." <laughs> I wanted to do it the when I was a cop, but none of the cops wanted to drink it. And Bruno puts away his umbrella while the rain pours down over his face and says, Abacchio, I will drink your pee right now. <laughs> That's Again, how bad I believe in our crew. It's it's resolve. It's determinazione. You got to be able to drink <laughs> pee to be in this gang. <laughs> <laughs> 
Abakio is going to have some sort of kidney condition, but they're going to catch it instantly. Like, oh, before yeah. any Before he has any symptoms that would bring him to a doctor's office, even. Yeah, and then you can just have someone quickly punch his kidneys out, and, and Jorna <laughs> will make new ones for him out of, like, I don't know, some brisketta or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. This does bring up the question, so if Jorna... <laughs> yeah, which question? How many questions does it bring up? Okay, so all these new body parts jorno is making uh-huh. like if he if he if he you know fixes up other party members that lose body parts or whatever those are all things that have been transformed with the power of golden experience if jorno dies do all those body parts revert back into what they used to be or are they just permanently that at a certain point you got to start thinking like in like ship of theseus terms right yeah because if if you know i I lost a f- pinky and he, he made a, a new pinky for me out of a windshield wiper, let's say. Yeah. In in a certain amount of time, that's all new skin cells. And eventually all the way yeah. to like the bone is all brand new tissue mm. that didn't used to be that those specific cells. A windshield sure. wiper doesn't work on those rules. Right. Yeah. Like in the short term, if you got an arm made for you and then Jorno bit it would your arm just turn back into a windshield wiper and just fall off i don't know i think short term certainly and it'd hurt like hell and you could well die yeah but but if we're talking like Jorno lives you know 40 years and like mm-hmm. you don't even remember that time you lost your arm and it got replaced with a windshield wiper <laughs> <laughs> it happened so many times frankly yeah uh so back out of the flashback Misa is inspired by Giorno uh, smashing his arm into oblivion. <laughs> and he goes, I can see the path through the darkness. Thank you for being my light, Giorno. Or, uh, yeah, Giorno. And I thought this was literal somehow. I thought, like, <laughs> because now all these ice crystals hanging around in the air that, like, represent gently weeps are tinged with blood. And I thought, like, oh, Mista, like, literally charted a path, like, through the angles no, he's speaking entirely figuratively because what he does is bad and sucks shit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so he fires a whole bunch of bullets off at a lamp post that is next to Giacchio, bouncing them off of this lamp post as it gets bent more and more with each bullet that hits it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sex pistols, all all six of them, are, are kicking all the bullets like around the ice crystals or off the ice crystals to hit the port in the back. But the port is closed because he doesn't need a port anymore because, see, when you freeze air solid, it condenses down to such a tiny little spot. He doesn't need new air. He's He can just keep releasing the solidified old air to replenish yep. his air. <laughs> yeah. So it's totally, totally sealed. Also, while he's explaining this, the the disc just disappears like it it gets yeah. star trek uh, uh transported somewhere else i don't understand that they do not explain it no yeah he just coats it in a layer of ice and i was just like okay but it disappears though it disappears and i don't where yeah, i don't know physically either. is it though i don't know and so yeah all the sex pistols are worried because uh, oh shit, the bullets we ricocheted and we thought, uh, you know, hit this dude in the, the port. Nope, it's still getting bounced around like before. And all six bullets hit Mista. And as Mista is, is falling to the ground, like bleeding, uh, in slow-mo, he thinks, thanks, Jorno. 
Otherwise, I would not just now have had the resolve to shoot myself with my own gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for showing me, quote, the enlightened path that led me to shoot myself with my own bullets. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, Mista? He's shot himself so many times he has lead poisoning and it's rotting his brain. <laughs> yeah, like, like I pointed out before, one of Mista's very frequent techniques is to just shoot himself a lot until he wins. <laughs> And so, yeah, he does. He, but he, it should do something, right? Yeah, <laughs> it should have a positive impact, if if even marginal. And so far, it hasn't. And so he just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it. Yeah. So, so he got shot so much that he blood spurted out of him and coated the visor. On Giacchio's helmet, which then causes the blood to congeal and and freeze over, and so he can't see anything. He's he's temporarily blinded, and so Mista fires off several rounds at Giacchio while he's blinded. He can't reflect the bullets yet, and so he gets pushed backwards at the the lamp post he was shooting earlier, which when it was shot a bunch, bent it and caused a big, sharp, jagged piece to jut out of the lamppost. Yes, yes. And so he's inching back to the point where he's just barely piercing with this iron spike his neck, you know, through his probic vent. Yeah. And so Mista keeps up the pressure. Every time he he empties his revolver, there's more bullets going in. This dude is flush with bullets, and they are all being fired uh, uh, relentlessly, while the sex pistols scream at him, dude, you gotta stop. You're gonna fucking die. Every (laughs) shot, like, sure, moves him a millimeter, but it also hits you with a fucking bullet. You have to stop. Hey, hey, you guys, you could help. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you, you could intercept these like, bullets and just like kick them harmlessly out of the way that's I your love, job like sex pistols are so stupefied by this that they don't do anything it's just <laughs> mista with a normal gun shooting this dude and like the animation for this part is rad and just oh, like yes yes the the stumbling and flailing of mista constantly firing off shots and trying to stay standing to fire more shots while bullets are just constantly <laughs> he's just getting riddled with every single bullet he shoots the the way like the the animation really communicates that a body is a collection of parts right yes. parts connected by by joints and ligaments and so you you see the strength like waning from him he's clearly being held up only by determination and every time a bullet hits him it affects one of you know his his chunks that then pulls and twists and oh oh it's it's really good it's really it's like really solid good. and tangible it's great yeah it, it kicks ass and eventually like mista is on one knee on the ground about to fall down he is swiss cheese now there are so many bullet holes in this dude and mm-hmm, the sex mm-hmm. pistols are like, you got to stop. We're going to die. If you pass <laughs> out, we die. Uh, and right then is when Giacchio has been pushed back far enough that he appears to possibly die. Like he slumps over. I mean, the- there's a big jet of blood coming out of his neck, spraying in, into the river. <laughs> yeah. But he's but- not owned. 
He insists he is not owned. The, blood has a a lot of utility in this fight. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Because all that blood that just spurted out of his neck, Giacchio used it. Uh, use his ability to freeze the blood and give him a supporting structure attached from his head to the lamppost so that he can't be pushed back any further onto the spike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, there's one bullet still bouncing around in his gently weep shield cloud. Yeah, and it, it strikes Mista right in the head, like mm-hmm, right in mm-hmm. the brain. But the instant the bullet pierces his skull, it just goes boip and it's gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there, there's Giorno just like a here. little flesh lump. Uh, uh, it looks like you know he, he bonked himself, and it's just a little bit of swelling. Because yeah, yeah. Jorno has arrived, and Gold Experience just kicks Giacchio into the spike until he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the first time we've ever got rather than a punch rush, we've got a kick rush. The very rare kick rush. <laughs> I love that this fight has been a something of a stalemate for for so long of of bullets going back and forth and the way we solve this impasse is just kick him just kick just the kick guy him. with your feet. <laughs> yeah. He gets kicked so that the spike goes clean all the way through his neck. Mhm. It's uh, it's popping protruding out from his larynx. He's yep. super dead. Yeah. And Jorno thanks you know, Mista, like, hey, man, fucking determination, resolve, fuck yeah. <laughs> and Mista's little monologue to himself, uh, uh, watching Bruno's victory, uh, watching Giorno's victory about how, like, everything he says comes true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know where this kid gets his ideas, but, but he always, like, brings them into being. And he considers him a sort of super secret special capo, even above Bucciarati. Yeah, yeah. He's lost a lot of blood. I, I can't account for some of these <laughs> ideas. He was already kind of dumb to begin with, so now he's <laughs> mega dumb. Uh, Giorno kneels in front of me, says like, okay, one, that dude's dead. Two, I got the disc. But then Mista says, quote, yeah, that's great, C- but could you please heal me? I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is when, when Giorno's just like, okay, I'm technically not healing you. I'm making new body parts for you. So I'm going to touch every one of these bullets that's in your body. I'm just going to turn it into new flesh for you. And this is going to fucking hurt. All of the bullets become the first new healed flesh, but like the holes... <laughs> That the bullets pass through to get to that point. You're just going to have to heal the old-fashioned way by sleeping, I guess. That, that's how it works in JoJo's. Yep. So, yeah, he's he's just got big, painful holes all over his body. And Jarno, has, in, in order to save his life, has to poke into all the holes. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Narancia is coming by in, like, a little, like a tiny fishing boat, right? Like a, like a little rowboat with an off-board motor. Mm-hmm. And he is scouting the area with Lil Bomber's uh, uh, CO2 scope, which I think is is a fun and smart use of a stand. Yeah. While everybody else is safe in the turtle zone. And as he's going by, uh-huh. the, the suggestion is that he, he's found Giorno giving Mista the world's worst hand job. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, M- M- it, the the perspective from the boat is that Mista's on this bench, Giorno is in front of him kind of kneeling down and the animation is him going up and down and all yes, sorts the- of stuff about like hey cal- calm down be be gentle that hurts 
and it's either the worst hand job or the worst blow job or both i i uh, mean and Giorno so, is speaking with like an unimpeded vocal quality <laughs> he made himself a second mouth oh okay okay yeah, I, <laughs> there I, I you go <laughs> freaking you is all i need i guess uh yep I so, guess last week I should have searched Mista getting yanked off instead of Bruno getting yanked <laughs> off. Yeah. While we're doing all these part three callbacks, where's the rim shot? That That's what yeah. this episode needs. Yeah, we need, the, we need the rim shot here. So yeah, Bruno's just like, oh, did you find them? And Narancia just goes like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a child. What's happening? I don't know. And he just drives past them on the bus. <laughs> so yet again, there's a post credit scene. I guess it's not as rare as I thought now that now that we're in Golden Wind land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the boss. The boss is back. He is in uh, uh, Risotto's computer lab checking out all of the bloodstains. Yeah. And figures like, oh, Risotto figured out they're going to Venice. He's gone off to Venice. I'm sure uh, uh, Bruno and his crew are going to kill him. And, and that's that. The end. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Fuck this. This sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, you- from from Bruno's perspective... This sucks. They were they were explicitly promised by Pericolo that this job would they just have to watch the girl for a week or two because that's mm-hmm. the maximum amount of time it would take the boss to find whoever is responsible and kill them. Yeah, they're they're doing all the killing themselves. This job sucks. <laughs> and as you see the boss like looking out the window to the rising sun, like you're only seeing like. A, a shot of his feet and you see that his whole like robe just falls to the floor and then it hard cuts to where he should be and he's just gone he has just vanished there are eight stands we've seen that could have done this one way or another i'm not impressed <laughs> yeah gotta gotta step it up uh and yeah that's the end of uh today's three episodes that's that's it that is it and it's hard it's the beginning of this episode clearly mm-hmm. hard stuff to talk about <laughs> Oh yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not sure it fits in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm really sure it doesn't fit in Bizarre Podcast. Dogs must die. I don't oh think, yeah. But in order to try to to conceptualize why I think that is, uh, uh, like, remember, remember when cars went to space? <laughs> yeah. Remember when cars went to space, and I was left wondering where there was room for escalation on that path. Yeah, yeah. I should have had that question after Kira. Mm, right. Right? Like, yeah. Because th- that, that is really what Golden Wind, Vento Audio, is about, right? More weird, more extreme, more brutal, and at a point that makes a, a rape stand inevitable. Yeah. And once that is the point, you have to wonder, is that a good thing to be the point? Mm-hmm. A stand that is a baby that you teach, and a stand that fights from far away and you only have this limited line of communication are two really good ideas that are lost yep. in a, a, a lot of very bad ideas and a frankly dull and uninteresting fight. Yeah, I, I super agree. The, the, the stand just has way too much going on. It, it's really unfocused. There's no tension. And it's also... Even if the way the stand was created was not there, it's just it's it's dull. But with that element there, it just kind of um, makes it hard to pay attention to anything else <laughs> because the whole 
because it happens right at the start and the whole time you're just like wow that's gross i hate this and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. you're seeing this bad fight on top of it and it's just like that was gross and i hate this <laughs> it's so rare to get a woman in part five in particular <laughs> yeah yeah i mean in any part but diamond is unbreakable frankly but like mm-hmm. uh, uh this is the second one realistically and yeah. and her being so such a nasty person like such such a, a cruel and vindictive and and petty like just the worst person you would want to have on your train yeah and, and is that supposed to make us make, make the impact of what happens to her less because it shouldn't that's a fucking inhuman way to look at human beings or you know e- even fictional ones yeah yeah it just comes off as weird and gross and at least from what i've seen so far of later parts Rocky backs away from that type of stuff. I mean, I and I've I've enjoyed so much of that this show. I have faith. Like, yeah. Uh, again, to 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 go to that parallel, how do you ex- uh, uh you know escalate from cars being launched to space? You don't. You find a different kind of story to tell. Yeah, yeah. You you don't have to make your your uh, uh, villains even nastier to even nastier women. You don't mm. have to do that. Yeah, I mean it's it's also just like every once in a while there is just a stand fight that comes with something really uncomfortable. Like the last, the first and only other time this happened so far is Alessi. Yeah. Maybe not quite as bad as this one because they can at least try to localize some of that away with Alessi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't really do that with this one. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, and I hate Alessi too. And so uh, to to switch tracks, you know, the things trains run on to rail stations. About mm-hmm. the other, <laughs> the thing that really disappointed me about the the white ice fight is that yeah. this story. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a very different uh, complaint for, for very di- coming from a very different angle. Uh-huh. Please don't take my uh, attempt at a segue as any attempt to, to equalize them in any way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, especially in its uh, more travely parts, you know, globetrotting and Stardust Crusader is now hitting all of the, the coolest, prettiest parts of Italy in, in Golden Wind, is really invested in the the travel experience and, mm-hmm. and what it's actually like, uh, uh, both in uh, uh, reality and in, in mood, in vibes, I guess. Yeah. And, and to have the story uh, uh, break around such ridiculous violations of what any tourist who's been to venice would know that (laughs) statue is in the much more famous part of the city not the fucking train station yeah it it seems like a cheap way to to cram in landmarks for landmarks sake instead of being a representation of the the sort of place that araki seems to truly love yeah it it really sticks out like i want to know why it is that way and, like, it's the same in the manga, if I remember correctly. It's not like they changed it. Yeah, it just really sticks out because he, like, regardless of the place, he really wants to nail that stuff. And I would think he would especially want to do it with Italy because he just seems to especially like Italy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it pops up so much in, in all of JoJo. So, yeah, that part is disappointing. It's, like, I didn't realize it at first when I was watching it, but then I looked it up and I was like, wait a, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> That's not where that should be. 
yeah, aside from from that stuff, I do enjoy the Giacchio fight. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's we're getting more teamwork. You know, we're getting some more Giorno stuff, and thankfully for this fight, the stuff Giorno does makes more sense. <laughs> Giorno's wild and woolly abilities are so much more engaging when they're coming up against somebody that works on a different set of of rules, a different set of of constraints. Yeah. The the Black Sabbath fight also way more engaging than the babyface fight when the two mm-hmm. of them are basically doing the same thing in reverse and Giorno's just like totally outmatching him and there's no tension. There, yep. there are certainly cool visual moments, but the narrative is not nearly as engaging as what Giorno does. Yeah, one episode later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just G- Giorno and Mista is a fun like it's a fun two set of powers to combine because like mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. the fuck is that going to work? And doing stuff like hey, the bullets are still warm from being fired. I'll turn them into roots to snap the ice off. Is cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The sort of fury that Giacchio is animated with, we didn't take, talk too much about his character yeah. animation, but it's great. The exaggerated extension of, of his limbs when he's either like really going for it or being flung off into the distance. <laughs> yeah. Giacchio is a lot of fun to look at. Yeah, that, that, that whole fight has a lot of really good animation moments, which the baby face fight does not have. No. Like, Here's one of the things that the baby face fight also feels a lot hard to follow what's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they spend so much time trying to tell you what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it all takes place in about four feet square. Yeah. Like keeping track of when did Giorno's, when did Golden Experience's hand get punched off? When and where is the real hand and the fake hand? Did he make two fake hands? Wait a minute. <laughs> like, when did he punch the motorcycle to turn into his hand? Like, it's just, it's so hard to keep track of. And it doesn't help that, yeah, it's its its almost just voiced manga pa- panels <laughs> instead of animation a, a couple of times. And yeah, that, 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 just, that just makes it, that f- whole fight even more frustrating and annoying. And it's just so easy to just want to tune out for, for Babyface. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. At least it doesn't take up two full episodes that's that's all i can say about babyface it's pretty quick compared to most other fights the actual like fight right like defined as giorno looking down and seeing an empty mr president uh Mm. i hate when i turn on the news and i see an empty mr president (laughs) until the point where yeah babyface explodes in fire fairly short actually yeah it's like 10 minutes maybe at most yeah and most that's just talking Mm mm-hmm Again, I really want to see JoJo fights re-edited so they happen in real time and just see how short <laughs> most of them would be. Because uh-huh. <laughs> Babyface is like a minute. Most of, most of the Babyface fight would just be the, the motorcycle ride to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next week, we will have something new to talk about. Two more episodes, uh, 20 and 21, the final mission from the boss, and the mystery of King Crimson. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Risotto and his wonderful jangly hat will, will be involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so please join us uh, in one week's time for that. Uh, and until then, see you later. To be continued.
Babyface sucks. <laughs>